Hey folks, Brendan here from Blue Light and welcome back to another podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, welcome back to another video. Again, trying out something new, doing a podcast and a YouTube video at the same time. Now, someone's going to message me to say, I'm actually watching this on Facebook. So if you're watching this on Facebook, that's great as well. So welcome to the latest podcast, YouTube, Facebook video podcast thing. So what we're going to look at today well, I've had quite a few of you get in touch to say that I've got a start date. Yes, brilliant. I'm so pleased for you. After a, a year or so of going through the recruitment process, for some of you, it's even longer. You've got a start date. That's what you've been working towards. But, oh no, the start date's in 2023. Can you believe that? That some of you are being given start dates in 2023. And even then, it's not that precise. It's just at some point in early 2023, that's when you'll be starting. Now, I'm making this podcast and video in May 2021. So that's almost two years away. That's just insane. It's absolutely insane. So in today's podcast video thing, I'm going to talk to you about the issues surrounding that, and also what you can do to mitigate against that to ensure that you are not one of those individuals who's got a start date that's so far into the distance. Now, almost two years is its not that much for me. I mean, I'm in my 50s now, so almost two years is not that much of a big deal. However, if you're in your early 20s or in your late teens, two years, that's like a huge chunk of your life. And you just can't afford to just sit there and wait for the police to open up the doors for recruitment. Besides which, there's no guarantee that they actually will. What happens if there's a, another pandemic or there's uh, some other big huge issue in the world and the government runs out of money and they decide not to fund policing as much as they'd intended to? That's the end of those intakes. And before any of you think, well, that wouldn't happen because they promised me that I've got a start date. No, it's happened before. Let's just look at my notes. Some forces have done this in the past. Sussex have done it years ago. West Midlands Police did it several years ago. Cheshire Police did this just last year and other forces have done it as well. Other big issue for you is you can just end up being held in a holding bay. Now, there's so many of you have been in that situation before where your score wasn't high enough to take you to the next stage, but you still passed. So you just sit in this holding bay and that holding bay is just lots of potential recruits being held there just in case they need a few more or people drop out. They can just pluck the top scoring ones out of that holding bay and put them into the next intake. So... It's difficult, folks. It always has been difficult, but I think it's more difficult now because of these prolonged recruitment processes and these really long waiting times before you actually get in. So what can we do? Um, uh, just to add to that, other forces, I'm just looking at some of my notes here, other forces have got really, really long waiting times. Um, people for the Metropolitan Police have been applying now for two years, have still not got a start date. Humberside Police did this a couple of years ago. They held people for almost two years. Uh, I know one of my clients from application form to actually starting was almost three years, almost three years. So this for me is acceptable, by the way, but it is what it is. And the golden rule applies. Those who hold gold make the rules. And I don't make the rules and I can't change the rules. I can try and nudge and influence a little bit, but I can't actually change the rules. 
And I know some people in forces, recruitment officers, are going to say, oh, yeah, but you don't understand. It's really difficult. We've got to plan ahead and budget this. No, it's just poor planning. It's just poor planning. You should be recruiting for places for at least over the next six months, not two years. Not two years. That's just bonkers. So what's driving all of this? Well, forces are under pressure to recruit. We've got the 20,000 uplift, which Boris Johnson promised. And that has to deliver by March 2023. So the massive recruitment drive that we've got at the moment will finish then. And actually, for those forces who are giving start dates in 2023, it's finished now. That, That bus is gone. Uh, they're now recruiting into beyond March 2023. So they're not in that 20,000 uplift anymore. And the government are on target to hit that 20,000 uplift. I'm not going to call them additional officers because it was a Conservative government that reduced the size of the police service during the period of austerity by over 20,000. So all they're doing is they're just putting back the numbers of officers which they took away. So they're not actually providing any additional officers. Don't be fooled by that one, folks. These are just replacing officers which were there in the first place, which were allowed to retire and resign. And what forces did is they just didn't recruit for many forces. They didn't recruit for sort of up to four years. And even when they did recruit, it was just small numbers. For example, Great Manchester Police, during the peak of austerity, were just recruiting 40 a year, 40 officers a year. That's barely a dent in the number of people who are leaving. So what can we do? What can we do to prevent ourselves getting into this situation where we've got a start date that's just way beyond in the future? Um, Well, first of all, before you actually start applying to a particular force, what I try and do is through their webinars and through their, you know, speak to us sessions. And most forces do these where they'll actually have some kind of live webinar where you can actually interact with people who are responsible for recruitment, try and pin them down to a timetable. Try and get them to assure you that there is a timetable that makes sense. Because, to be honest, if I was going to put a year of my life into preparing for and going through all the different stages of the assessment process and recruitment process, the last thing I'd want is at the very end of it to be told, ah, yeah, well, it's going to be another couple of years before we can actually offer you a place. Because nothing's certain until you're actually walking through the door. It's a bit like buying a house. You know, nothing is certain in buying a house, is it, until you've actually got the keys to the door and you're walking through the door. You know, that's the moment that you know the house has been purchased and you've got it. Until then, even on the morning of the purchase, things can go wobbly and hobbly wrong. A bit like with Cheshire. I think it was. A, I think they gave people about three or four weeks' notice to say that that intake that you thought you were starting in, no, you're not. It's, it's not happening anymore. And they didn't give them an alternative. They didn't say in six months' time you'd be at a start. They just told them, goodbye. That's the end of it. That's the end of your dream. Which, like I said, I, I just don't think is appropriate, but happens. These things happen. So try and pin them down to a timetable. And it's a perfectly reasonable question as well to say that what is your proposed timetable? When will the assessments be? When will the final interviews be? And when do you anticipate the recruitment dates for successful candidates? Number two, I should have said, by the way, I've got five things here, actually, five things for you that you can do to stop this happening to you. Uh, Number two, if you can and your family situation allows for it, apply for multiple forces. You can do this. You may get one or two forces saying, no, you're not allowed to do this. That's just a hangover from a previous rule that on the College of Policing website, it makes it really, really clear. You can apply for multiple forces. So if they say you can't, show them the website 
from the College of Policing which says you can. And if they still say you can't, let me know and I'll give their Chief Constable or Deputy or Assistant Chief Constable a bit of a prod over Twitter. I did this with North Yorkshire Police last year because they were telling people you can only apply for one force at a time. And I showed it to uh, the Deputy Chief Constable, Phil Kane, who was gracious enough and really good enough to say, OK, we made a mistake. And within a day, that policy was changed and they enabled people to apply to multiple forces. So um, do that. You can only sit the online assessment centre, though, once in every six months. So you can only sit it once in every six months. That's the rule from the College of Policing. Why six months? I don't know. Why not six weeks? Why not six days? Six months, it's just an arbitrary figure. I'm sure it has no actual basis in any form of research whatsoever. I I think the idea is that you're meant to be able to reflect on your performance if you've failed. And then when you reapply again in six months' time, you'll have improved on your performance. But the thing is, the feedback's useless. It doesn't actually tell you anything. It just tells you that you've passed or failed. It doesn't actually give you any useful feedback whatsoever. Um, And I think the other idea behind it from the College of Policing was that you would go and do a different assessment centre so that you're not doing the same one that you did before because you could just remember what you did before, prepare for it better and make sure you ace it this time. Um, so I think that's a very good idea that you'd go to a different form of assessment centre. It's still with the same model. If it's the online one, it'd still have the online interview. It'd still have the two stage threes. It'd still have the situational judgment test. But it'd be different questions in it and different scenarios. Uh, but no, <laughs> that doesn't happen either. The online assessment centre has been the same ever since it was introduced over a year ago. And in case any of you are thinking, well, I might change it now. No, they probably won't, because the search assessment centre, which was there before the online assessment centre, this was the day the day one where you, you turned up to Wrighton and Dunsmore or um, up in, uh, where was it, in Durham, there's a centre there as well, and down south in Reading, there was a college of policing centre. You go for a whole day-long assessment, but about five, six hours worth. Same role plays, same interview questions for about six years, I think something like that six years so they don't actually change things that much so apply anyway back to the point apply for multiple police forces if you can you could apply to up to 50 because there's up to 50 home office and non-home office forces in this country um when i say in this country i mean united kingdom um actually i think there's over 50 if you start including things like the ports police there's over 50 which is just incredible I don't think I know anyone who's applied to all 50. I do know people who've applied to several, though. And the other thing that they've been able to do is once they've passed the online assessment centre, they've been able to use that to as a lever for other forces to say, I've actually got a pass in the online assessment centre. Will you accept it? I know at this moment in time, because I do positive action support for Nottinghamshire Police, that they're looking at taking on some individuals who have passed the online assessment centre for some of their intakes this year. So they'd still make you go through an interview, their own interview, but um, at least you've got that lever. You've got something that's going to enable you to put your foot in another door. Hopefully this is making sense so far, folks. Um, What else to say on multiple forces? No, that's about it. That's about it. Oh, no, one of the things that you can do is if your score wasn't very good, because some forces will tell you you've just passed, other forces will tell you you've passed and here's your percentage mark. Actually, all forces are told what percentage you get, but I think some forces, for whatever reason, only tell you that you've passed. Every force, I I do believe now, every force is told your percentage pass in each stage of the online assessment centre. So some of my clients years ago did this to get themselves out of those holding bays. 
they've got scores in the 50s for the search assessment center and now 55 or 54 is probably not enough and it was south wales police at the time who were saying you had to have over 60 percent so to just help people in this holding bay so quite a few of my clients applied to other forces so that they could they waited the six months then they applied to a different force got a much higher mark and then went back to South Wales Police to say, look, I've now got a pass which is 68% or 72% or whatever it might be. And they managed to get in that way. So, you know, you've got to get good at playing this game, folks. And it is a bit of a game. You've just got to get good at knowing what the rules are. Fortunately, I know what the rules are. Uh, what else can you do to make sure... Number The third thing you can do to make sure you're not in this, this long holding bay problem. Now, quite a few people have had a proposed start date, but it's been put back because of issues around vetting or they've not been able to find their educational qualifications or something to do with their fitness. And they've had to start uh, at a later date or they're being told that you can't start in the date that you'd hoped to start on. So before you start your online assessment centre, before you start preparing for the interviews, make sure that you're good to go with things like vetting. What do I mean by that? We're making sure that all of those people who are going to be references are aware that they're going to be references and are happy to be a reference and are aware that when they do get some kind of notification asking for a reference, they reply to it promptly. Making sure you've got the right educational qualifications. So many of you are falling foul of this, thinking that every force is the same. No, all 43 Home Office forces all seem to want different educational qualifications, ranging from two GCSEs in maths and English, that's Merseyside Police, for entrance into their Police Constable Degree Apprenticeship, to Northumbria Police, who want 180 UCAS points. That's three Bs at A-level to do their PCDA. Same PCDA just different universities and different forces. Make sure you've got the right qualifications. And if it's not a qualification that's a GCSE or A-level, and you've got something else, maybe from a different country, or you've got a BTEC or some diploma or anything that's an equivalent, make sure that it is actually an equivalent and make sure with the force that they're going to accept this as an equivalent. And don't just accept it verbally, get it in writing. Because so many of you have been told, oh yeah, that sounds like an equivalent, only to be told six months later that, oh no, it isn't. Uh, and then the representation that, well, you told me six months ago, is fine. Well, who told you when? Is that in writing? No. Well, it never happened then. Now, the force doesn't quite put it that way, but that's basically it. The conversation didn't happen unless you can prove it happened. So get it in writing. As well as that, make sure that your educational qualifications are accessible. There's so many of you get to the point where you've got to show and prove that you've got your GCSEs, that you've got A-levels, and you can't find your certificates, which means then you've got to go to the awarding body, you've got to apply for a replacement, that takes time, and before you know it, your proposed intake has been and gone, and you've missed the bus. So let's make sure all of that's correct as well. Uh, next thing, fitness. Don't let yourself down on the fitness stage of things. Make sure that your fitness is exactly what is required. Make sure that you can do 5.4 on the bleep test. If your force still does the push and pull, make sure that you're doing exercises that are going to enable you to do the push and pull. Um, don't leave your fitness until the last minute because you can't suddenly improve on that overnight. Uh, last thing, medical. Make sure that you fulfill all the medical requirements. This will be in the small print somewhere in the force documentation for the application you've got to make sure that you fulfill all the medical requirements 
maybe worth even paying for a bit of a checkup, an additional checkup privately to make sure that you do fulfill these criteria. Because it's shattered so many people's dreams that they've got all the way to the end of the process and they've had the medical and they've been told you can't join because... Or we need to defer you for further whatever it might be. This is particularly pertinent with things like mental health issues and anxiety and people who've been on medication for some form of anxiety, depression, mental health issue. Um, And a lot of forces will want you to be off the medication for anything between a year and two years. This varies again from force to force. I know one force, one of my clients, uh, she succeeded in getting in, even though she was on um, medication for mild depression. And she had a GP, um, a psychiatrist, actually send the force a letter to say that taking her off the medication now would be harmful. She, the reason she's on the medication is because of X reasons. And they foresee that within six months to nine months, she'll be off the medication and back to her previous self. And she got in. But then there's other forces that will just carte blanche say, no, it's got to be one year uh, free of med- meds. So make sure that that is something that you're prepared for as well and you're in a good position for. Right, what else can we take a look at? Number four uh, goes back to that sort of initial webinars, the initial inquiries. You've got three entry routes now, three entry routes. One of them is the degree holder entry program. Another one is the police constable degree apprenticeship. And the other one is holding a police degree. Only a police degree, though, that's authorised by the College of Policing as the pre-joined degree. A lot of the policing degrees that people have at the moment are not so authorised even though the university will have said we're following the College of Policing curriculum. They're not the pre-joining qualification under the PEQF, which is the Police Educational Qualifications Framework. I know, just full of all these abbreviations. Just getting your head around them needs a qualification itself, doesn't it? So watch out for this as well, because some forces aren't recruiting for the degree holder entry programme, but they are recruiting for the PCDA. They get government funding for the PCDA, so that seems quite attractive, doesn't it? Or it may be that they're going to open for the degree holder entry programme, but they've got to coordinate that with the university. And the university has got to make sure that they've got sufficient lecturers and trainers and assessors to be able to deliver it for them. Um, Because if you join under the degree holder entry programme, you still do a postgraduate diploma in policing. You still have to go through an element of academic study. So it's well worth checking out with a force when they intend to recruit for each one of these positions. I already know some people who are working towards a policing degree that's accepted that are going to finish it, I do believe, this summer coming up. And they've already been told by their chosen forces, which are aligned with that university, that they're going to struggle to start an intake for them. I don't know the background to that or why they're going to struggle. Because if you've done that policing degree, you're apparently good to go. That you've already been a special constable and you just need a bit of local, um, you know, how local systems work, the IT system works and such like. And then you're good to go. You're good to go out on your tutor phase. I think that was the idea behind it. But let's wait and see because no one has gone through that route yet because they've not actually finished the degree. The last thing, number five, the fifth thing that you need to do to make sure that you're not in that position where you've got an insane and bonkers start date that's two years away is prepare. Prepare, prepare, prepare and practice, practice, practice for every stage of the process. Because those individuals who are being told your start date is in 2023 are also being told that it's based on your pass mark. 
So the higher your pass mark, the more chance you've got of getting a start date which is closer to the now. How are you going to ensure you're going to get an awesome pass mark? Well, look, it's a shameless plug, folks, but I know my system works. I've been doing it for almost 10 years directly for recruits and for people in the police service and for potential recruits, but not as many. Um, I've been supporting people and coaching people for promotion exams, uh, promotion boards, uh, specialist interviews, uh, PCSO assessment and recruitment, uh, constable recruitment now for, my goodness, it's over 30 years. So... I know how these systems work and I know what you can do to prepare to make sure that you are successful first time, but you're not just looking for a pass. I mean, in the post on the Facebook group, and by the way, if you're not in our Facebook group, some links below, uh, links to the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook group, which has now got over 16,000 members. Awesome, awesome community. Um, Some of the people who are commenting on this situation said, well, surely a pass is a pass. No, it's not. And it doesn't have to be. And forces are quite legitimately allowed to cream off the top-scoring individuals. So you need to be one of those top-scoring individuals. It's hard to do. You've got to put the work in, you know. It's not just going to happen by happy accident. It's going to happen because you're going to put the work in. You're going to give it that serious preparation and practice time to ensure that you have got all the right um, experience for the final interview, the enforce interview, because that's where you're going to be talking about how you've managed situations in the past. You need to make sure you've got the right depth and breadth of situations and you're answering those questions with sufficient detail and making sure that you're answering those questions confidently, not in a way that sounds rehearsed or um, not in a way that sounds scripted, but in a confident and authentic and emotional manner, detailed and structured, and getting the sort of feedback that a lot of my clients get I get this news every day that I got feedback from the interviewer to say that was a really good interview and where did you learn that structure from? Um, So that works, that works. And when it comes to the online assessment centre, it's very formulaic. Again, there's things you can do to start preparing for it. Um, The the templates that you can follow, those who have been following my templates uh, for the stage three have been scoring 90-something percent in their stage three. That's a bit where you have to write about and talk about community policing issues. And they tell you you don't need to know anything about policing. Most of my clients will say that's just one big lie. It's a severe advantage to know something about policing. And if you don't know something about community policing, I do. I've been involved in strategic and tactical community neighbourhood policing, community engagement, problem solving now for about 15 years. And I still do that work with police forces, um, despite the fact that I'm now retired. I still act as a consultant, not quite so much as I used to, but still doing it, still keeping my hand in. So this is my thing. I've spoken at conferences about community policing. I've worked with the European Union on improving community policing in Central and Eastern Europe. So it's my bag, it's my thing. So you can trust me. The templates I provide you with will enable you to score awesomely. So there you go, folks. That's what you need to do. Prepare and practice, prepare and practice, prepare and practice. Make this your magnificent obsession so that you're going to get the highest marks possible, which means that you're going to be on the earliest intake possible because you need to guarantee that you're going to get one of those positions because they are there to be grabbed hold of. And the last thing you want is to be put off for a year and then put off for two years only to be told, actually, we've run out of money or we're taking these people on instead because they've got much higher marks. It's brutal, but you're just going to have to get used to it and play the game, folks. So listen, folks, I hope that's been helpful for you. Um, 
2023 start date. My goodness, I really feel for those of you who've got that start date. For those of you in that position, actually, here's here's the sixth thing you can do. If you're already in that position, start exploring. If you can, start exploring other options, start exploring other forces. The person who's got the most options is always capable of making the best decisions. So I'm going to leave you with that, folks. Thanks very much for watching. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, thank you for listening to the podcast. I shall catch up with you next time. Bye-bye for now.